Welcome to the Cricket's Sidecar, where we go a little further into a story of note with the person who wrote it. This is Ollie Turner at the Manchester Cricket, and I'm here with Hannah Harlow on a beautiful Friday morning. How are you, Hannah? I'm great. Like you said, it's so nice out. I love this time of year, and I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Um, Your most recent piece uh, a few weeks ago, which I really enjoyed, talked about your experience finding escape through literature during when you caught COVID, which most of us are bound to at this point. Yes. I managed to avoid it for two and a half years, but finally succumbed and was isolating from my family in my room. And I had a stack of books and I, you know, I had probably 30 books and I thought, how many of these can I read while I'm here stuck for five days? And so I discovered the books I was drawn to were were really kind of escapist reads. Um, The first one I picked up was a book called Gone to Dust by Matt Goldman. And it was just like a straight mystery, you know, with kind of a private detective. It was set in Minneapolis um, in the winter. So it was snowy and cold and very different from what it's like here right now. But it was great. And I like the first night I couldn't sleep and I was up until about two in the morning just turning the pages. Yeah. What other kinds of books did you end up finding? Um, After that, I read a couple of quite slim novels, which made me feel very accomplished because I I felt like I wasn't really that sick. I was sick, but I wasn't like, you know, I could read. And so I thought, I want to be productive while I'm in here and I'm going to crush some of these books. So the next one I read was called Grown Ups, which is by a Swedish author. And it was set on a lake during the summer. So very different setting from Gone to Dust. And it wasn't a mystery. It was kind of this like was kind of catty. It was about these, This the main character was early 40s and she's single. Uh, her younger sister is married and pregnant. And so she's like very jealous. Um, she's not really sure what she wants. She always thought she wanted to stay single, but you find out she's uh, actually just tried to freeze her eggs because she might want to have kids. And she's waiting for the call from the doctor's office to tell her whether she's going to be able to do this. And so it's kind of like, is she going to be able to become a mother or is her fate sort of sealed? So she's kind of has a lot of anxiety and um, she's taking it out on her family a little bit, but also her family is not particularly nice to her sometimes. So it's like this very interesting dynamic and you're reading it thinking, I'm glad I'm not part of this family, but it's sort of like delicious to read about. So that one was good. And the next one I read that was also quite slim and I crushed because it was so good was a book called Auto Portrait by Jesse Ball. This one was a little bit more experimental. The author is really, he writes really interesting books and this was nonfiction. He often writes fiction and it's kind of an autobiography. Um, He was mimicking a style and I'm not going to remember who he was mimicking, but He wrote it very quickly where each sentence has no more weight than any other sentence in the book and no idea has kind of any other weight. And it's just like a kind of stream of consciousness um, remembering events from his life. And it's just kind of incredible how it came out. Um, So that one is actually – that was an advanced reading copy. So that book comes out in August. So we, we have that to look forward to. And I plan on recommending it to our readers. 
That sounds fantastic, especially when you're in that sort of space where you're left alone with your own thoughts. Um, yes. And in my kind of like fevered state, it was, <laughs> it was a good choice, I think. Yeah. Uh, was there any book that you were sort of anticipating reading, you wanted to read for a long time and did it live up? Yes. I had been saving a book called Vacation Land by Meg Mitchell Moore. This book just came out on June 14th. And I'd had the advanced reading copy for a few months. Um, and Meg has become sort of a friend. We worked together on the Newburyport Literary Festival Planning Committee. And I'd, I'd just been kind of waiting to savor her book, um, also because uh, she was doing an event with the store. And so I wanted to have it fresh in my mind when you know we did that event with her. And the book... It's perfect to read right now because it's set on the coast of Maine uh, during the, over the course of a summer. It has like family secrets and some good like surprise drama um, and the characters are great. You meet a lot of different characters in this family. And I also loved the settings, not just on the Maine coast, but it's mostly in this family house that's been in the family for generations and they come every summer and it has this like big rambling lived in feel, which I love. Do you find that when you read something like that, especially when you're isolated in your home and then you get to emerge into, you know, Cape Ann and Beverly Farms and everything that you have a greater appreciation for your surroundings? Definitely. I just spent the day on Crane Beach yesterday for beach day when all the elementary and middle school kids spend the day on the beach and it's pure chaos, but everyone loves it except maybe the parents who are hoping their kids, I don't know, don't drown. But that I hadn't been to the beach in so long. And I think reading these books about the coast, it just makes me love that we live here. And, you know, we're so privileged to have all these amazing beaches and beauty around us. So yes, definitely. That's actually a perfect segue into my next question for you, which is, when people are heading out to the beach to enjoy the lovely weather and this lovely summer we have, what are your top five recommendations for a good beach read? Great question. And I have kind of one in each category of my head or a couple in each category because like we were talking about, you know, everyone's a little bit different. And so whenever someone stops into the store or emails us or calls we're always trying to target our recommendations to the sp specific customer. Um, so, but when I, you know, as we were saying too about what we think of as beach reads, one category I think of is like mysteries or crime because those are very plot driven and, you know, we think of them as page turners. So one that I'm excited about that comes out July 12th is The It Girl by Ruth Ware. And Ruth Ware is, I think a lot of people will be familiar with her. She's a very popular crime writer from the UK. And this new book is about a woman who was friends with this it girl who was murdered when they were in college. And someone was put away for the crime. They sort of thought the case was solved. But this woman discovers that that person who's been in jail was maybe innocent. So now she's looking for the killer again years later. And the other one that's already out that I am excited about is Two Nights in Lisbon by Chris Pavone. And he's written a, a few books too. This is maybe his third or fourth. And he 
writes really terrific international espionage. So he has these American spies, usually in Europe, and they're just really good page turners. You never really can guess, you know, the ending. Um, and I love the international setting. Yeah. So you've just recommended It Girl for a more fast-paced beach read for someone who is into that. But is there something that's more of a sort of slow burn for when you want to just savor your day? Yes. Well, there's a couple of nonfiction books, which are not my go-tos for beach reading, but I know there are a lot of people who gravitate that way. And one is called The Importance of Not Being Earnest by Mark Kurlansky. And Mark Kurlansky has written uh, some very popular books, uh, Salt, Cod, uh, The Big Oyster. They're all sort of these like single subject books. And so this is a bit of a departure for him, but he's a terrific writer. I know he has a ton of fans. And this is more of a, it's kind of part memoir and part biography of Ernest Hemingway and how their two lives overlapped, particularly in in certain places. So Mark Kurlansky spent 10 years in Paris and spent some time in Spain, which were obviously very important to Hemingway. He also visits uh, Cuba and Florida and Chicago. So I think people who are fans already of Mark Kurlansky and fans of Hemingway, I think that's a really great beach read also because it's taking you to a lot of really interesting places and telling you stuff about Hemingway you maybe didn't know before. Um, and then there's also a book coming out by Patrick Radden Keefe. It's called Rogues, True Stories of Grifters, Killers, Rebels, and Crooks. So Patrick Radden Keefe is a New Yorker writer. He's so good. His other two books were Say Nothing and Empire of Pain, um, all bestsellers. And this new one, like we were saying with the short stories earlier, this one is 12 different essays about different criminals and rascals um, and the people who kind of catch them. So I think those two would be like a really great way to, you can dive in and out. You don't have to read everyone. You don't have to read them in order. So I think that makes for a good beach read. Um, but going back to fiction, another category I think people gravitate towards are sci-fi fantasy. And there's a great new book coming out by Silvia Moreno-Garcia, who wrote Mexican Gothic. And she, I have learned, went to Endicott College, which I think is so no interesting. Way. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't know that. And so her new book is called The Daughter of Dr. Moreau, uh, which is a retelling of the island of Dr. Moreau, more about the daughter. So it has like a great lush kind of jungle setting in 19th century Mexico. And I think that one is uh, would be more of like, it's both a page turner, but it does kind of have that like slow burn too. And it has like some sci-fi elements, but is very thoughtful and feminist and lush. So that yeah. could be a good one too. Definitely. Is there another wild card category that you have for us? <laughs> well, it's not really a wild card, but uh, the rom-com category is just yeah. so huge right now. And there are so many good options. And I've read a couple that I've really enjoyed. Um, the first one is called Nora Goes Off Script by Annabelle Monahan. And it's super fun. It's kind of like a wish fulfillment 
novel. Um, the setup is this woman is a romance screenwriter and she normally writes these kind of like hallmark style romances and her husband has left her and she ends up writing this script that's more of like more of like a literary like retelling of what happened with her husband and it gets picked up by this like big time director and they bring in like these two huge stars of Hollywood to play her and her husband and the guy playing her husband is like this super hot like you know 40 year old Brad Pitt guy and he ends up staying at her house for a week and of course they end up falling in love but it's not as like predictable as you think it's going to be it's like a very it's more surprising and the banter is terrific and it's just very feel good which i think a lot of people are looking for these days yeah i think people really crave that like wild dramatic sort of scenario just to imagine right now when everything is sort of still like coming out of the pandemic and people really like to do that sort of escapism like you were talking about with your COVID reads. Totally. The feel-good read has been just the number one requested type of book for the past two years. And sometimes it's hard because fiction can just be really dark. Nonfiction can be really dark. So, you know, finding those uplifting, fun reads, uh, you got you to gotta sift through a little bit. Yeah. And you've been sifting I've been through sifting. your stack of 30 <laughs> books or so. How many do you think that you got through during your quarantine? I mean, I got through five, which in a week feels pretty darn good. Everyone says Absolutely. to me, you know, you must be a really fast reader. And I'm, I actually don't think I am. Um, I just do it constantly and maybe devote more time than the average bear to reading. But getting through five in one week was really good, and um, I felt, like, you know, accomplished. <laughs> it's extremely impressive, and it must be like a muscle that you have to train because, like, just someone as a young person, I've you know grown up with my phone in my hand, and so when I sit down to read, I'll finish a chapter and pick up my phone, and I have to train myself to stop doing that, you know, because totally it slows you down. You like you got to get some focus. Yes. So. I mean, I feel the same way. I am also addicted to my phone. Yeah. And I, you know, have to remind myself, okay, it's time to put this away and you have reading to do. I mean, for me, I do have some obligations to my books. Yeah. So it's easier sometimes for me, but. That's something nice about a beach read is that you have to unplug. You, you yes. Can't be, there's no service on singing beach, so. <laughs> and it's hard to see in the glare, so. Yeah. You got to be present. Well, thank you so much for coming in to talk with me today. This has been a great conversation and everybody look for Hannah's next column in the Cricket. Well, thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidecar. To hear more Cape Ann stories like these, subscribe to the Sidecar podcast from thecricket.com on your favorite podcasting platform.